Jesus. And we thank you, O God, because you have given us the privilege to ascend the holy mountain where you dwell, to ascend the holy mountain of communion, to ascend the holy mountain of learning, to ascend the holy mountain of truth, to ascend the holy mountain of understanding, to ascend the holy mountain of revelation, to ascend the holy mountain of power. Lord Jesus, we bless you and we thank you because you are our sufficiency, O oh God. You are the one that makes it possible for us to dwell in this realm in the fullness of strength that we have. You are the one, oh God, that gives us confidence daily to move on, confidence daily to press on. Jesus, you are our blessed assurance. So we thank you. We thank you, Lord God. Because this morning we come up to the mountain of your presence. We come up, oh God, with hunger and with desire. We come up, oh God, with the need to fellowship with you. We come up, Father, because we know that every time we ascend this mountain, we are ascending onto higher levels of understanding. We are ascending, oh God, onto transformation. We are ascending onto rebirth. We thank you because every time we ascend this mountain, oh God, there is something inside of us that is being transformed into your nature, that is being transformed into the one we behold on the mountain. It is not just a physical mountain. It is a mountain of transformation for us. It is a mountain of rebirth. It is a mountain within which the wombs of destinies are ignited and fertilized with the, with, with the desires of God. Father, we thank you as we ascend this mountain, oh God. Each one of us, oh God, are crying out. We are crying out, oh God, Father, for an unveiling of your word, an unveiling of truth. We are crying out, oh God, for the impartation of your spirit. We are crying out, oh God, that you will touch us this morning. We are crying out, oh God, that you will reach out to us from the brightness of your light, oh God, that you will reach out to any darkness or any dark places inside of us. We are crying out this morning for a touch from Elohim, for a touch from the mighty God, my Lord God Almighty. We are crying out that the distance between you and us, oh God, will be breached this morning, that whatsoever that puts a distance between us, Jehovah, that this morning as we come to you in prayer, as we come to you in intercession, oh God, that there will be a bridging of the gap between us. We are crying out, oh God, for your voice. We are crying out, oh God, for your voice. We are crying out, oh God, for your voice. Father, this is our heart's desire. This is our heart's cry, oh God, that you will meet with us this morning, that this will not be just another morning. Father, I am crying out for the rain of your fire. I am crying out for the rain of your fire. I am crying out for the rain of your fire. My God, we want to be clothed with your fire. We want to be clothed with robes of fire. We want to be clothed with robes of truth. We want to be clothed with robes of power. Oh, 
Yes, Lord. Jesus, we are here for you this morning. Yes. It is impossible to talk about power without acknowledging the one who gave up everything to ensure that we enter into power. It is impossible to talk about power without talking about the one who even now make intercessions for us. Even now stands as, as our great high priest. We cannot talk about power without talking about our confidence in the one who is the source who ensures that consistently at every point in time we have access to the power of God in heaven. We cannot talk about power without talking about Jesus. We cannot talk about power without talking about Jesus. He is our eternal hope. He is the strength of our salvation. There is nothing we do with Christianity that can be done outside of Jesus. There is nobody we can become in Christianity that we can become outside of Jesus. Jesus is the boundary of our desires. Jesus is the boundary of our expectations. Jesus is the boundary of our elevation and promotion. Jesus sets the mark for whoever we can be. Jesus, 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 that this morning, Jesus, would walk into the homes of your people. That this morning, you will walk into the bedroom of that woman, Lord God, that woman lying on the floor right now and saying, Jesus, I need you. That woman lying on the floor right now saying, Jesus, I need you. Without you, Jesus, I don't know what will happen to my marriage. Without you, Jesus, I don't know what will happen to my heart. Without you, Jesus, I don't know how I can bring your government to my children. Father, I thank you. Because even right now, Jesus walks into that room. Jesus, I bless you because right now, You walk into the chaos of that business. You walk into the chaos of that business, Lord God. I ask you that Jesus, that you have mercy on your people. That you fill your son with wisdom and understanding. By which he can administrate your will within the context of his business. Oh, Jesus, we are crying out for you this morning. That you will come and you will completely envelop us. Jesus, I ask that you will walk into the room, oh God, of that individual that is saying, feel my heart, feel my heart, feel my heart. Every time you look into your heart, you see all kinds of things. Malice, grief, anger, pride, fear, shame, all kinds of things. The world does not see it, but Jesus sees it. This morning, ask Jesus to purge you. Ask Jesus to renew your heart. Ask Jesus to take away the heart of stone and to give you a heart of flesh that you may be able to receive everything that God needs you to receive in each season. Ask Jesus to take away the need to please men so that you can please God. Oh! There is no power outside of Jesus. 
There is no becoming outside of Jesus. Oh, Jesus is what you need this morning. Jesus is who you need this morning. Ask Jesus, ask Jesus to make you a better father. Ask Jesus to make you a better son. Ask Jesus to make you a better wife. Ask Jesus to make you a better mother, a better pastor, a better minister, a better friend. Ask Jesus. Jesus is your definition and your standard. Jesus is your standard. Hey. Not tradition, not men, but Jesus is your standard. Oh, asking for the grace to be transformed into his image. That you've been with you day by day. You may grow up into the fullness of the stature of Christ. Ask Jesus for transformation. Ask him to set you once again on the path of growth. Ask him to set you once again on the path of growth. Some of you have stopped growing. Some of you have stopped growing. Where is your fire? Where is your desire for Jesus? Where is the man who was woke up in the dead of the night? And you will face around your room and you will say, Jesus, I have nothing. Oh, cry out for Jesus. Cry out for Jesus. Oh, I hope you're praying. Praying in your room. I hope you're kneeling in your corner. I hope you're standing in a corner in your room and crying out to God. There is no power without Jesus. There is no power without the infilling of his presence. There is no power without the unveiling of his will in your heart. What uses power if it does not understand the administration of it? Jesus, Jesus is the standard and the ultimate system of power. Jesus. Jesus is the eternal system of power. Jesus is the blueprint. Jesus is the pattern. Jesus is the model. Jesus is the landmark. Jesus sets an example of what power truly means. He has the delegated authority of God. He has the inherent ability of God. He has the capacity to do eruptive and disruptive works. Jesus is the definition of power. Land of him. Land of him. Land of him. We need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I need you, I cannot be the woman I'm supposed to be without you. I cannot be the minister I'm meant to be without you. 
I cannot be the friend I'm meant to be without you. Jesus. I cannot be the spouse I'm meant to be without you. Forget about the stage. Forget about the name. Forget about all of those things. At the end of the day, it's you and I, Jesus, in one room together. It is you and I making a journey from heaven to earth and from earth to heaven. Jesus is you and I. Ola bela hai, ola bela hai. Ola bela hai, ola bela hai, ola bela hai. Come on! If your heart cannot cry for Jesus, then there is a problem with your salvation. If you don't have a desire to call out to him, then there is a problem with your salvation. Oh, crying out for Jesus should be easy. Crying out for Jesus should be as easy as breathing in air, as easy as drinking water. Jesus is your life. Jesus is your hope. Jesus is your eternal rest. Oh, where have you put him this morning? Where is your Jesus? Where you rise up to pray, where you rise up to join prayer rain. Who are you coming out to see? What is your desire? Is it to put your enemies at bay or to draw Jesus close to you? Oh. Where is your cry? Where is your cry? Where is your cry? Where is your hunger? Where is your desire? For what? Just one thing. For just one thing, one person. He is a person, he is a place, he is a realm, he is a mind, he is a posture, he is a position, he is everything. What? And his name is Jesus. The eternal and ever living God. The everlasting covenant of the heavens towards his sons, Jesus. He is the bridge by which we ascend into the throne of God. He is the capsule within which we will make our eternal journey unto rest, Jesus. Oh, Jesus supersedes all our expectations in this world. Jesus supersedes all our desires in this earth. Jesus, 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 call Jesus into your home, call Jesus into your children, call Jesus into your spouses, call Jesus into your ministry. I hear a woman calling Jesus. Invite him once again into your heart. Invite him once again into your soul. When did you become so strong without Jesus? 
When was the last time you broke your jaw of alabaster at his feet? Where was the last time you washed his feet with your tears and wiped it with your hair? Where was the last time he was master and lord to you? Where was the last time you asked him for his plan for the month, for the year, for the next season? Oh, where last was Jesus your lord? And not pray for you. I need you to pray for yourself. Like to open your mouth and pray. The power to life or death is your tongue. The power to life or death is in your tongue. The one that cannot pray is about that you might not pray. Elevate your life, expand your Holy Ghost, show us Jesus. Holy Ghost, show me Jesus. Holy Ghost, show me Jesus. Oh Jesus, that I may walk in your ways again. Oh Jesus, that I may walk in your steps again. Oh Rabbi, that I may walk in your steps again. Jesus, 
this morning I want you to make that prayer again and say Lord Jesus I want you to come into my heart I want you to come into my life my life I want you to be master over me I want you to be master over my spirit I want you to be master over my spirit I want you to be master over my soul I need you to be master over my body. I need you to be master over my body. This morning, in front of all these witnesses, I reconsecrate myself to you. I rededicate myself to you. I rededicate myself to you, God. Forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus. In all the ways I have taken you for granted. In all the ways I have taken you for granted. Forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus. For all the days I forgot that this is all about you. Forgive me, Jesus. For not teaching my children truly about you. Forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus. For all the times I have misrepresented you to people. If you will have mercy on me this morning, Lord, and invite me once again to your table, I make a commitment. I make a commitment. Can you commit on the level of godliness. Touch my heart, Jesus. Touch my heart, Jesus. And carry me by your spirit. Carry me by your spirit. Amen. Carry me on the wings of your spirit. Carry me 
Jesus carry me. Build your might. Carry me. All the winds of And I'm weightless. I am broken and I'm weightless. Open and I'm yielded. Carry me. Jesus, carry me. I am broken and I'm weightless. I am open and I'm yielded. Carry me. Jesus, carry me. Jesus, we thank you. Because 405 people are not too heavy for you to carry. Actually, it is lightweight. You carry the sins of the world. 
not just the sins of the generation in which you died, but the sins of previous generations. That's why you could set Abraham, David, and the rest of the patriarchs free from the bosom of Abraham and liberated them to enter into heaven because you died for the sins of the past. And then you also died for the sins of the future. That's why I can sit here confidently to declare that you are my eternal hope and my rest. Jesus, we are not too much for you to carry. We ask that each one of us this morning, we have an impartation in our spirits. Let each one of us meet with you so that when we leave this call and we break into the rest of our lives, let us break in there with power. The kind of power that only comes from a visit of Jesus. The kind of power that only comes when Jesus lays his hand on you and he puts his heart in you. Jesus, we are asking for an invitation. We are asking for an invitation. Receive it this morning. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Um, real quickly. <coughs> wow, is that the time? Uh, real quickly, we're just going to. go into where we were yesterday. So we were talking about Ephesians yesterday and we read, <clears throat> excuse me, and we read from Ephesians 1 verse 18. And I said, this is the anchor scripture for the season of prayer. And Ephesians 1 18 says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And I was teaching that everybody has got understanding. Everyone that is born again has got understanding. And understanding, I needed to imagine it today as a part of you, as a component of you. I needed to imagine it the way you imagine your soul, you imagine your spirit. And even though you see only your body, but when you think of your spirit, you think of your spirit as a living, breathing entity. And when you think of your spirit, every day you hear people say, oh, your spirit, what you literally see is an image of yourself in the spirit realm. <clears throat> I needed to see your understanding as an image of yourself that exists in the spirit realm. And because there are many things like that, you have understanding, you have um, wisdom, you have knowledge, you have all of these things in God. And so understanding is but one of them. It says that your understanding has got eyes. So your understanding, it is possible to have understanding as given to you by God, as given to you as an allocation from heaven, as given to you as one of the blessings of the Lord. But it is possible for your understanding to have eyes and the eyes of your understanding are blind. It is possible for your understanding to have eyes and the eyes of your understanding cannot see. It is possible for your understanding to have eyes and can see, but the eyes of your understanding needs adjustment. 
So it is possible for your understanding to have a 2020 vision, but your understanding still cannot interpret the things that it is seeing. So there are different levels of engagement of the understanding that you have. That's why Jesus was saying to them, even though they have eyes, they cannot see, ears, they do not hear. So it is possible to have understanding, but not able to walk in the fullness of it. So he says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And that's why every time I pray, I pray for eyes that I see because there is a consistent process of enlightenment that happens to your eyes, the eyes of your understanding. He says that the eyes of your understanding is being enlightened. It is being enlightened. So that means it is a process of enlightenment that we are on. He says that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So until the eyes of your understanding is enlightened, there are certain things you don't know. So Amis, one of the things you know is the hope of his calling, the hope of his calling. So that means there is a hope in the calling that you have, and it is him that calls you. It is not fashion that calls you. It is not the music industry that calls you. It is not governments that calls you. It is not educational system that calls you. It is not the seven mountains that call you. It is not your friends or your organization that calls you. It is him that calls you. Everything that you are and everything that you do, it is by the calling of Jesus. It is Jesus that calls you. It is Jesus that beckons to you. The same way a good shepherd beckons to his sheep and he calls his sheep out of the sheepfold and he directs his sheep, his sheep where to go and what to do. That is the way that Jesus calls you. That is the way that Jesus calls you. And there is a hope in the calling that he calls you into. There is a hope in the calling that he calls you into. Sorry, give me one second this morning, please. Just one second. So there is a hope in the calling that he calls you into. And it is impossible for you to know what that hope is. So that means your calling is not the hope. There is a hope of your calling. Your calling is not the hope. So when you see yourself manifested in your calling, that means your calling is meant to encourage you onto something. That means your calling is meant to show you something else. So if you be that you are preaching powerfully or you are administrating powerfully or you are heading a corporation powerfully, that is your calling. But there is a hope to it that is beyond the manifestation that you see in this world. There is something else that God wants to bless you with by reason of that calling. He says, I want the riches of the glory of the inheritor of his inheritance in the saints. That means Jesus has an inheritance in your life. That means Jesus has an inheritance in you. And this is the confidence you have that Jesus will fully support his investment. I have seen when people have investment, when people have deposited things into a particular maybe person, place, or transaction, the way they follow up with it, the way they are calling consistently, hey, how far? They don't pay. Okay, what's going on? Have they signed the documents? Yeah, what's the next level? Who should we talk to? The way people follow up with their investments, 
Why? Because you have put in so much into it. So the Bible says that you, Jesus has got an inheritance in you. Jesus has got something that he's seeking to reap from your life. He says, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance. That means the inheritance that Jesus is going to get from you has got a glory. So that means there is a wealth to that glory. And that wealth cannot be just in this current world because the inheritance is not just here. He says there is an inheritance he has in the saints and that inheritance has got a glory, the weightiness of the, uh, or the measure of God and that glory has got wealth. So this is what Jesus is waiting for. He says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us world who believe? So this power we are talking about is to only believers. Is to people who believe. That means there is a power that Jesus demonstrates towards us when we believe him. Towards us. That means every single day that I wake up in the morning and I believe that Jesus is Lord. And I believe that Jesus is with me. And I believe that Jesus is making a journey with me. And you believe that every word he has spoken concerning you will come to pass. Every day you wake up and you stand believing there is a power that Jesus walks towards you. That means every day that you wake up believing, the angels are staring one pot or the other for you in heaven. The angels are working out one plan or the other for you in heaven. There are messengers that are going back and forth towards you and to the throne of God. Every day you stand believing, he says, because there's a power that is worked towards them who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So there is a mighty power inside of Jesus that makes it possible for Jesus to work his power towards you. So there is a resident power in him and there is a, a power that he gives to you. He says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Now talking about Jesus, he wrought this same power in Jesus when he raised him from the dead. That means there was a power that raised Jesus from the dead. That means Jesus did not only just desire that, oh, you know what, when I die, after three days, I'm going to get up. No, it wasn't just desire. There was a power that was released from heaven that God used in raising Jesus from the dead. So there is a power that wakes men from the pit of hell. There is a power that draws people from the darkness of hell. There is a power that is able to pull a soul from Sheol and raise that soul up by into resurrection. There is a power. And it says that that power that raised Jesus from the dead, that power that brought him out of the pit, out of the shackles of hell, that power that entered into him, that made it possible for him that was taken captive, he then led captivity captive. That means the, the, the audacity by which Satan pulled him into hell, that audacity, Jesus then took it and Jesus bound it so that Satan no longer has audacity to drag anyone who looks or talks or, or over and believes in Jesus anymore into hell. This is the confidence that you have that you cannot go to hell because as long as you believe in Jesus, there is a power that raised him from the dead and it is the same power that is at work within you that is shown towards you. And if you have that power that Satan recognizes because Satan has not forgotten the beating he got on the day of Jesus' resurrection because the Bible says he displayed them, he made a public show of them in hell. That means he 
slapped them, he beat them. If you have ever been in Nigeria, you have visited Nigerian police station, you will know what it means for them to make a public show of somebody. They will beat you, they will tear your clothes, they will shame you and tell you, kneel down, kneel down there. So when you say Jesus made a public show of them, you can understand what it means. So Satan has never forgotten that power because one minute Jesus was dead. One minute Jesus was broken. One minute Jesus was his captive. One minute he held the one who bore the sins of the whole world. He held him, held his neck, held his hand, and he mocked him and he scorned him. And he said to him, look at we have you today. How dare you come into our territory? Don't you understand the law? He was talking to Jesus about what the law looks like. He was telling Jesus about, don't you know that the soul that sinned, he shall die? How dare you carry sin and think that you can enter into the the terrain of death. So you are the one, you are the one, you are the manifestation of the word. So you are the one. He thought he had Jesus. And then all of a sudden from nowhere, the guy began to shake and he's like, what's going on? From nowhere, hell, everything was falling down. The demons were trembling and Satan was confused. He's like, what is happening here? Something entered hell. It came from heaven. It came from the throne of hell, Elohim. Satan knows that power. Satan knows that presence because he served it from eternity. But he was serving him for when time began. So he knows it. He's, he was the anointed cherub, the one that walked back and forth the face of God. So he knows it when God enters a place. And he was like, what is happening here? He could not understand it, but he is seen. How is it that he can, how can the power of God visit him right here? Jesus, Satan knows that power. And this is the reason why as long as to them that believe, this same power that raised Jesus from the dead, this power is now wrought towards you. This is why you cannot because Satan cannot afford a second show of what happened. Satan cannot afford for another person to enter and do to him what he experienced over 2,000 years ago. This is why a believer cannot go to hell. As long as you stand believing, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is consistently wrought in you and towards you. So that every time that Lucifer looks at you, he remembers how he was beaten in his own territory. He says, that same power that raised him from the dead and sets him at his own right hand in heavenly places. That means this power did not stop at resurrection. That means this power went from resurrection to ascension into promotion. This power has the ability to not only give you an inheritance on the earth, to not only make you conquer Satan, perhaps you find yourself in the bellies of hell, but it also gives you the capacity to remove yourself from hell, to begin to ascend into the heaven. This power is your ascension certificate that verifies that this world can ascend, but it is not only for ascending into heaven, but also to give you a position when it pertains to heaven. And the place is called the right hand of God. The right hand speaks about the hand of power. The right hand speaks about the position of power. The right hand speaks about the hand of decision making. So this power that God has given to you, is not just for you to defeat hell and darkness. It's not just for you to pray, my God, deliver me, my God, deliver my children, every witch for my father's house, every wall of, every altar of, uh, of this, my God, let fire come down from heaven and consume them. Fantastic, powerful. But this power also does other things. 
This power also is your train ticket that permits you to go back and forth heaven and earth consistently. This power is the ladder that Jacob saw at Bethel where he saw angels ascending and descending, and he saw one as the image of the Son of Man standing at the top of the ladder. This word, this ladder is the power. He says that this same power made him to deliver himself from the shackles of hell, but also made it possible for him to rise up into heaven. So that means there is a power that makes ascension possible. That means there is a power that made it possible for Jesus to lift from the earth and to enter and present his blood to God and to also come back down and to enter into the womb of the disciples and to tell them, touch me, feel me, even though this is a glorious body, yet I'm the same man. Give me fish, let me eat with you. There is a power that makes the divine to interact with the human. There is a power that makes it possible for you to be in this empty vessel, for you to be in this broken world. Yes, you are able to carry an eternal life life inside of you. It is called the power of God. The power of God. He says it was this power that made it possible for him to be able to also go up and sit at the right hand of God. The power I'm talking to you about today is the power that gives you the ability to negotiate in heavenly places. It is the power that gives you the capacity to administrate in heavenly places. When we were talking about the month of Sivan, we were talking about all these things, the full moon and all the things that it represents and how satanic occultic people manipulate <laughs> the month of Sivan so that they may try to rule according to the workings of the heavens. But there are other sets of people and they are called the sons of God. These people, they sit above the moon and the stars. These people, they sit above the first heavens. These people, they sit above the second heavens. These are the sons of God who have the same power that made it possible for Jesus to sit at the right hand of God. These are the ones that have the capacity to say to the sun, stand still and the moon do not shine until this battle is complete. Why? Because the same power that made it possible for Jesus to ascend to not only break the shackles of hell and darkness but to be able to lift himself up onto the place of authority in God, onto the place of decision making onto the place of administrating the will of the eternal one onto the place of having wisdom and revelation that you may make accurate judgments on behalf of God, onto the place of being able to judge what the will of God is, for what is good, for what is evil, unto the place of receiving discernment, unto the place of being able to carry out the government of God. For a man that has not broken the shackles of hell is not is a man that cannot ascend into heaven. For a man that does not ascend and sit at the right hand cannot rule and reign in the stead of God. For how can you administrate and bring the government of God into the sphere of the earth if you cannot see how the governmental system of God works in heaven. It is this power that makes us heavenly beings while we dwell in earthly vessels. This is the power. This is the power. This is the power. And it is in the name of Jesus. 
This is the power and it is in the victory of Jesus. This is the power and it is in the working of Jesus. Without the understanding of what Jesus did, without the revelation of who Jesus is, you cannot walk in power. You cannot conquer the demonic altars of the kings of this world. It is Jesus that gives you the audacity of hope. It is the remembrance of the inheritance that he has in you that gives you the courage to counter the words of satanic kings that gives you the courage to command the priest of Baal to meet you on Mount Carmel and you challenge them and you say if God be God let us see who can call down fire it is this power that makes it possible for you to first go and bound Baal and then you challenge the priest of Baal the power that dwells in the heavenly places the power that comes from the right hand of God Mandele Kabashanda in the name of Jesus, yes, there is power in the name of Jesus. Arabakaya, there is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, break everything, break everything. Break every chain, Arababaka. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, Arabakara Mama Shata. Arabashotele. Arakarabaha. Where is power in the name? Come on, break the chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break the chain. Break it in the name of Jesus. Break it in the name of Jesus. You are not just an ordinary man on the earth. You are a man that has the same power. You are a being that has the same power. Break every chain. Break every In the name of Jesus, he receives the wonder-working power of God towards them that believe. That is why every day when you wake up, you must check if you still believe. Every day when you wake up, you must check your belief level. You must check your belief level. Do I still believe? The disappointment that I received yesterday, has it taken my belief away? Do I still believe that Jesus is Lord? Do I still believe that Jesus conquered the grave? Do I still believe that Jesus is my eternal salvation? Do I still believe that he is the one that is able to preserve the covenant from generation to generation? Do I still believe that Jesus can rescue my son? 
Do I still believe that the power he has, it supersedes the influence of demons over my spouse? Do I still believe that Jesus is not just a king that heals the sick and raises the dead, but he can heal industries, he can heal nations? Do I still believe that Jesus is the intelligent system that holds all of creation together? Do I still believe that Jesus is still the king of the stock market, that Jesus can open windows in heaven and he can cause a famine to end in one day. Do I still believe? Your belief is the key. Your belief is the key. It is what makes it possible for everything that Jesus did to be appropriated unto you. He said this same power is not a different power. It's not a different power. The exact power. The exact one. It's not like when you go into the market in Nigeria. And you see all kinds of Gucci. You see the Gucci with one C. You see the one that has G, googly. You understand? You see the Gucci that the two Gs are facing each other. One G is up, one G is down. You see Gucci by Fendi. And you see Gucci by Ferragamo. I'm not talking about that Gucci. I'm not talking about the contrary Gucci. I am talking about the real one. The same power. Yeah, somebody say you see Fuchi. I've seen all kinds in Abba. You know, I'm not talking about a contrary one. I am talking about the same power, the exact, exact one. It is not even a replica of the power that raised Jesus from the dead. It is the exact power that raised Jesus from the dead. So that means you are a living, breathing resurrection. You are resurrection in itself. Because if the power that raised him from the dwell, dead dwelleth in you, that means you are resurrection. There are certain things that that power did for him. That power made it possible for him to open the gates of the bosom of Abraham. The Bible says that in that day, that people saw their dead relatives come out of the grave. The people that lived in the time when Jesus died, they saw David walking on the streets. They saw Abraham. They saw um, uh, uh, all, all the guys. They saw Joshua, Caleb. They saw Ruth, Naomi, Deborah. They saw all of them. And they knew that something has happened in the underworld. Ah, there's chaos, there's chaos. How did these guys come out? They went about the fellowship. They greeted everybody. They went into heaven. This power you are carrying, this power you are carrying, has the ability to set captives free, has the capacity to rescue people that are bound by hell and darkness. This power you are carrying makes it possible for you to go into the underworld and to rescue souls and to set people free. This power you are carrying. Anywhere they have raised an altar concerning you, concerning your children, concerning the future, your future generations. Anywhere they said we have dedicated the third and the fourth generation. Anywhere they have hidden your organs. They have taken people's organs, kidney, liver. They have taken people's eyes and limbs and they have bound them in hell. And they have said this one will never walk again. This one will die of cancer. This power is what makes it possible for you to cause a prison break in the kingdom of darkness, to break out everyone who is bound, to liberate everyone who is taken captive, the same power. 
If you know me very well, I don't preach sermons. I open doors of revelation. The same power. There is a spirit. He said, he began by saying that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, first of all. I pray that the enlightenment of the power of God towards you, let that enlightenment hit you this morning in the name of Jesus. You will no longer labor under the bondage of Satan. You will no longer labor under the yoke of darkness. Amen. But by reading of these words, I say to you in the name of Jesus, that you are being liberated. You are being set free. That your eyes Amen. are see God. That you have the ability to wage accurate warfare. That you have the capacity and the boldness to challenge the things that have challenged you. Today I break away from you. Every spirit of timidity. Every spirit of oppression. Every spirit that has told you that thus far you can go. Everything that makes it impossible for you to wake up in the dead of the night and to speak to that thing that oppresses is your children. Today I say to you that in the name of Jesus that that power is breaking off you. Stir up yourself in the Holy Ghost. Stir up yourself in the Holy Ghost. Call to your remembrance the sacrifices of Jesus. Call to your remembrance Ephesians 1 verse 18, 19, 20. Remember this day that the same power is at work inside of you. Yes, Lord. The same power. So when your son walks up to you and says, Bobby, my head, lay your hands on him. Because you are the living, breathing resurrection of God. You are the embodiment of the explosive grace of God that causes damage in hell. The same power lives in you. The same power lives in you. Take your business documents. Lay your hands on it. You have not made money since January. Why? Lay your hands on it and speak to that company. Tell it, come alive in the name of Jesus. Command the heartbeat of your business to begin to beat again. Come alive to be restored. Command the spirit of resuscitation into the labor of your hands. Command resurrection to hit everything that you do. Lay your hands on the document. And speak to it and say, come alive, come alive, come alive. By the same power that made Jesus ascend into heaven. Lay your hands on your sick mother. And speak to her body and say, come alive. By the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Let the gates of revelation be opened inside of you. Let the doors of enlightenment that were shut, let them be broken this morning. By the power of the Holy Ghost, break out. By the power of the Holy Ghost, break out. Baracos, vende velida carasa, kore mamama shanda baracosa, kerebo shanda bregadilaha. God who cannot lie. God who cannot lie. He cannot lie because he has good behavior. That's not why he cannot lie. He's not able to lie. It's not because he's very careful so that he doesn't say things he does not mean. No, that's not why he cannot lie. The reason why God cannot lie is because by nature, he's a life-giving spirit. So every word that he speaks is life. Every word he speaks is living and existing. Every word he speaks is an element of his son, Jesus. So every time God says, 
Hello. What he says to you is Jesus says hi. What comes to you is Jesus that says hello every time God says hello. You see a living, breathing being come to you that says hello. So it is impossible for you to lie because the word of God cannot be dead. I'm not preaching to you. I'm telling you the reality of the spirit realm and the working of the Trinity. It is impossible for God to lie because his word is Jesus. So every time he speaks, Jesus moves. His word is alive and breathing. So when God tells you that the same power by which he raised his son, he walks it in you and towards you, it is impossible for it to be a lie. It must be true because the moment he says it, it becomes reality. The moment he says it, it becomes reality. This morning, I challenge you by the word of the Lord, Elako Savaha, that you go forth into your world and you challenge the things that have been challenging you. That you go forth into your world and you carry this same power and you use it to orchestrate the will of God. And you use it to frustrate Satan and darkness. Let us go back to the days where believers were bold about their faith. Let us go back to the days where believers were quick to respond and quick to put down the words of Satan. Remember the scripture I told you yesterday? They said, Jesus, don't you think the Pharisees will be angry about what you just said? He said, whatsoever tree my father has not planted must be uprooted. Don't let people plant evil trees in your yard. Don't let them plant it. It is planted by words. Don't let somebody look at your child and say, ah, the way I'm looking at this way, I'll be like, who go they seek? My child, you go they seek. Don't let people plant evil trees in your yard. Ah, the way this child is behaving, it looks like you'll be a very stubborn boy. And you laughed. Laugh yeah. at what was funny. This is where Sarah laughed and she gave birth to oh, laughter. She gave birth to the thing she was laughing about. The power to life and that is in the tongue. This because I can go stubborn. My child will not be stubborn in the name of Jesus. He has a spirit that is in obedience to Christ. Let us go back to the days. People say, why there's no power in the church? It's because you have a church that does not recognize the power in words. Words are the key that unlocks the doors in the heavenly realms. Go back to the days where you stand in front of the mirror. And you look into the mirror and you say to yourself, you are the exact replica of okay. God. You are the exact image of Jesus. If the heavens are looking for Christ anywhere, perhaps the angels wake up and they cannot find him in heaven. Let them come to you because you are the representation of Jesus. Oh, Isi, just look at you. You carry wisdom and power. Ah, the gates of revelation open up inside of you to anyone who is dull, to anyone who is blind. When they come into the atmosphere where you dwell, enlightenment hits them. Ah, uh -uh, you carry the keys of the kingdom. There is no door that can ever be shut to you. Even if it was shut to generations, the moment you come into that door, it opens up. Why? Because you are the living key of God. Speak to yourself. Go back to the days where you speak to yourself. Go back to the days where you activate these things inside of you. He says, he put him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above, not just above, but very far. That means your level of engagement is not the level of satans and demons and principalities. You are far above them. That is why you can wrestle with them. 
That is why you can teach them a lesson because you are far above them. He says far above principality and power, might and dominion. And every name that is named, every name that is named, that means things have position, power, and authority based on their names. He says, so every name that is named, you are above it. He says, whether the name is cancer, whether the name is fear, whether the name is anxiety, whether the name is depression, you are above it. So that means that if you are ever subject, you find yourself subject to these things. It's not because you don't have power. It's perhaps because you have not mastered an understanding of what sets you above them and how to begin to speak and cause them to be dispelled from your world. As a matter of fact, as I said those words, I saw that there is a minister here. You got a very, very bad diagnosis recently. And as you heard me say those words, you said to yourself, uh -uh. but I've preached this sermon before, but yet I have this diagnosis. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your child. God, I ask that faith be rekindled once again in your son. Father, I ask that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you will show your child a way of escape. Because there is a path that Jesus passed when he was ascended to heaven. And he has left a trail for us so that we also can find that path whenever we need to ascend and to gain the fullness of your throne. God, I ask that in Jesus' name, you open up to your child what he needs to break the hand of such infirmity. I don't know how it came in the first place. I don't know how that demon was able to get access. But by the blood of Jesus, we seal up that access. And we say, God, let your healing anointing flow now. Let it flow with the name of Jesus. Let it hit your son. Let it hit your daughter. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, we call for health. We call for health. We say be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let that robe of infirmity fall off you. Yes, and let the garment of praise be put upon you right now. Amen. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let me take the opportunity right now to pray for everyone who is struggling with one sickness or the other. We speak to your body. We speak to your mind. We speak to your soul. We say, hear the word of the Lord and respond to it. Amen. That Jesus Christ of Nazareth has removed the shackles of hell from off you. Therefore, sickness and infirmity cannot dwell in your body. Amen. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we command healing and restoration. Amen. Healing and restoration. To anyone whose mind has journeyed into dark realms in the realm of the spirit. And you are struggling to find your mind. You are struggling to gather yourself. Right now, I call you forth in Jesus' name. Come out of that darkness. Come out of that darkness. Come out of that darkness. In the name of Jesus, Jesus calls you out. The same Jesus that broke open the gates of paradise. That same Jesus breaks open the gates of your mind. You yes, can no longer be held enslaved 
your mind, your soul, your spirit can no longer be held enslaved. Today, I call you out by the power of the Holy Ghost. Today, I call for a release by the power of the Holy Ghost. I command the cloud of darkness to despair. I command the demons to leave you in Jesus' name. No longer shall you be tormented, son of the living God. No longer shall you be tormented, child of the living God. I command them to leave you now in the name of Jesus. I call for a release of truth, a release of grace, a release of revelation, a release of the will of God, a release of the word of the Lord towards you who believe in the name of Jesus. Let God be true. Let every other spirit be a lie. Let the truth of God be manifested in you, spirit, soul, body, in Jesus' name. If you are near your child and they've given you a diagnosis concerning your child, lay your hands right now. Lay your hands right now on that child. Stephanie, can you check if Sister Bimbo is on this call? Pastor Stephanie, please check if Bimbo is on this call. If she is, just say it as you know. Sugavande Vuramande Kiza Tore Shanda Krendo Skopala Diva Karuza In the name of Jesus. No, she's not. Okay. Barunde Suklene Metuza Falaketa. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, everybody. I want you to begin to pray for children. I want you to begin to pray for children. Children who have gotten a about their health. Begin to pray for them. And if your babies in the wombs of women. If your children babies in the wombs of women. Hundred of us, lift up your voices and pray. This is the anointing of God to give to children. Pray that the heart of the Spirit will come upon them. Pray that His power. Pray, Doctor Martin, let this come into the lives of children. The child will not take this food. Father, let that power Father, let it Let us 
Specifically, Lord, we pray for the wombs of women. Father, we say that Satan has taken this battle in this generation, taking it away from when the children are born, and he's trying to affect them before they are even born, trying to make sure that the precious seeds of God do not come into this world, trying to make sure that even if they conceive or they are conceived, that they are never born. Remember, the Magis, it must have taken them at least two years to journey the way they did on camelbacks to where Jesus was born. That means even before Mary conceived, they read it in the heavens that a king was coming. It is possible for the enemy to read these things that about the child that is about to come forth. This is why bringing forth a seed in these last days is like warfare. Father, we pray right now. I command fibroids to shrink. Amen. I command all kinds of disorders in the womb, in the ovaries, in the uteruses of women. I command healing right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let the blood of Jesus, let it permeate through the systems of women. Father, we call an end to the attack of the womb. We call an end to the attack of the womb in the name of Jesus. Amen. I say to you by the power of the Holy Ghost that Amen. you will receive your seed. Amen. Bring them forth. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. Thank you, God. For you have broken. The gates of brass. Yes. Yes. Jesus, you have torn the bars of iron asunder. Yeah. Only you can do these things, Lord. It is in your power and authority that we serve. 
We receive it, oh God. We receive it in all its fullness. In Jesus' name. Amen. As you go home, as you go home, write these four things down. The exousia of God comes to you in four different ways or manifests four different things to you. One, the power of choice and the liberty of doing as you please. Part of the power that God spoke about in Ephesians is exousia. And exousia gives you the power to choose. Listen to me. Don't ever wake up any morning and say, I just don't know how my mind, I can't control it. You have exousia. You can choose who you want to be, the life you want to lead. You can choose the word of the Lord. If God, knowing how dire eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is, yet gave them choice, that's to tell you the importance of choice to a God. You cannot be a God in heavenly places and not have choice. That is what makes it possible for them to say you are just and you are true because you make the right choices. Second thing I want you to write down is exousia also makes available to you physical and mental power. Physical and mental power. The ability of strength with which God is endued. The ability of strength that you possess and you exercise. Physical and mental power is the second meaning of exousia. The third is the power of authority or influence. The power of authority or the power to influence things and to have rights and privileges. This power is the third thing embedded in exousia. What <clears throat> thing embedded in exousia is the power of rule or government, which is the power of him whose will and commands you must submit yourself to. So it is the power of rule or government. These are the four things that God has given to you in exousia. Remember, I told you there are four dimensions of power mentioned in Ephesians. Exousia, dunamis, kratos, and iskus. Now, exousia is the power of choice, the, the power to have physical, the physical and mental power, the power of authority, and the power of rulership or government. You cannot do any of these things without exousia. Now, by the time we finish and get to Kratos, you now understand that we are fully rounded gods. You are not a god that is powerless. You are saying to yourself, Pia, why are you calling us gods? The Bible says, know you not that you are gods. But yet some of you will die like mere men. Know you not that you are gods. So in that power of rule or government, it means... It actually means the power of rule and government universally, specifically, maybe in particular jurisdictions or like in domestic affairs. Then it also means um, uh, um, like power that you have in your home for like a man to have authority over his wife and for a woman to like be covered with a man. Then it also means a sign of regal authority or a crown. 
So that last one, that power of authority or influence, it means five, uh, four other things. To have like universal power across the earth. To have specific power in specific jurisdictions. To also have um, power like legally. So like a magistrate would have power, you know, and stuff like that. Then to also have power to be able to function in your office as a man or a woman, as a wife or a husband, and to also have power like crown or authority, power for regality. So when you see that someone is treating themselves in a way that you are like, but you cannot be messing yourself up like this. Don't you have honor? No, the problem is the person does not understand exousia yet because exousia gives you a sense that makes you feel regal. And even though you are walking around with one shoe, it feels like there's a crown on your head. It's exousia that does that. So today I pray for you in the name of Jesus that the exousia of God will become clear to you. That none of us will function underneath this standard. That everything in your life and everything that you do will reflect this glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Remember I said to you yesterday that the word glory in Greek, I've forgotten the word. Now what's the word? I said it. Can you remember? The Greek word for glory. Uh, anyway, Doxa, thank you so much. And it also means the opinion of God. So when you hear things like this, this is not PI preaching a sermon to you. This is God's position on the matter of you. These are the things he has given to you. So when I say exousia speaks about, you know, authority, you know, to have a sound mind. And it's not my opinion. It is the doxa of God. And it is the extent to which you embrace the opinion of God that the weightiness of God comes upon you. So that when you enter a room and you are sitting at a boardroom table and you speak and your words are compelling, even though they are simple, people cannot understand it. Why? It's glory. The extent to which you embrace the opinion of God determines the extent to which the resources of heaven are, are released unto you. Doxa, I pray that they, you will not be able to wage war against God's word anymore. Or that there will be room in you for his word. Amen. That the life of Jesus will be established inside of you. Amen. That the grace of God will give you the capacity to seek the Lord, to push in prayer, until you rise up into all the realities of the power of God towards you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, prayer reign community. It is always a joy and an honor to pray with you every day. I love the places that God takes us to. And I love how God works with us. I pray that God will keep us flexible and amendable to his spirit. Amen. And that God will give you the grace to rise up on a daily basis to seek his face. That you will never lack a word upon your lips. A prayer in your heart. That God will help you to rise up above the challenges of hell. Amen. In this month of May, you will break into new levels of dominion. Amen. In the name of our Lord Jesus.
Amen. Amen. God bless you. I tell people that during prayer rain is when I need to be prayed for the most. I woke up this morning. Yeah, I had to take all kinds of medication for, for me to be able to sit down here. But I know that that's the opinion of hell. God has, God has got his opinion. So I wrestle mm-hmm. to enter into God's opinion on a daily basis. Keep me your prayers. And I know that God will keep opening doors for us in the spirit realm. Remember, don't be selfish. Invite your friends, invite your family, invite your loved ones, invite somebody that you have refused to talk to for 10 years, five years now, so that you can all hear the same things. Invite them tomorrow and let's continue on the journey of prayer. Tomorrow, who knows where God will take us. But by God's grace, we'll enter Dunamis and by God's grace, we'll enter East Coast and look at all that God has got for us. God bless you. Have a lovely day. God bless you. Woman of God, God bless you.